This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 36, Jake Varner. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with 2012 London Olympic gold medalist Jake Varner. When a parent gets too much involved and they get overly involved, it, it can have an effect on how the kid looks at sports in general and, and maybe even coming to the, to a, an end result of quitting their sport, yep. which is which, which is never a good thing. So um, th- there has to be a, a common ground there and and when to know to be a coach and when to know to be a parent. And obviously at home you're a parent and in the room on the field you're a coach. But there, there's still an area where you kind of have to know when to back off. Jake shares how wrestling for his dad and cousins as coaches impacted his career and how to deal with parents as coaches. He also talks about his current coach, Cale Sanderson, the importance of nutrition in wrestling, and reflects on his Olympic experience. Jake, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. Jake Varner won a gold medal at the 2012 London Olympics in freestyle wrestling at 96 kilograms, or about 210 pounds. He scored a 1-0-1-0 victory in the final using an ankle pick, a move he adopted from his coach, former gold medalist, Cale Sanderson. Jake was a two-time NCAA champion at Iowa State University in 2009 and 2010. He had a career record of 121 and 10 and finished his senior season undefeated at 31 and 0. He is one of just 13 wrestlers in NCAA history to have reached the national finals of his weight class in all four years. At Bakersfield High School in California, Jake won two California State High School Championships. Jake, thanks for joining me and the Responsible Sports audience today. No problem. So, Jake, you wrestled at Bakersfield High School, I think, with your cousin Andy um, as your coach in a program that was actually built by your dad. I'm, I'm curious what the pros and cons um, of your family being so tied into your high school, high school wrestling program were. Um, obviously, you know, we had... Um my dad wrestled at my high school and ended up being the head coach there and, and kind of took it to another level. So when, obviously when I was born, I was born basically into this high school and, and that's what I wanted to do when I became a wrestler was wrestle here. And when my cousin took over, I just, it, it, it's just nice having that background of, of family um, being wrestlers and being good wrestlers. And um, I just wanted to keep that tradition kind of going. And, um, you know, I, I look at it more as more pros, I didn't really see any cons in it. Um, I, I just never really thought that way. I just thought it was was awesome that my dad was a coach here and my cousin is coaching me, and you know I, I can learn from both of them and and all that. So it, it was kind of a cool thing to do. That's great. So in the youth sports setting, we often end up with kids getting coached by their parents, and I'm just curious if you have any tips, um, either from sort of the parental perspective or from the kids' perspective, about. How do you handle that unique time when someone's not just your parent, but they're also your coach? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I think that's 
kind of the problem that what we have now in our youth and actually all sports. But um, as far as wrestling, my dad was real good with me, and um, just being through it all and being a being a head coach at the high school level, he knew that um, I asked him to go for me to start wrestling. I, I wanted, so I approached him, and he took me down there and basically dropped me off. And he'd peek in every once in a while just to see how I was doing, but he knew how to keep his distance, and I think he, he did a perfect job of how much to get involved with me and how much to kind of keep away just so that I wouldn't rely on him too much and, and I can go out and get what I needed and let the coaches do what they needed to do. And I think that's what a lot of parents need to do. They can't be a coach and they can't be a parent at the same time, especially at home. They can't do that. And um, when a parent gets too much involved and they get overly involved, it, it can have an effect on how the kid looks at sports in general and, and maybe even coming to the, to a, an end result of quitting their sport, yeah. which is which, which is never a good thing. So um, th- there has to be a, a common ground there and, and when to know to be a coach and when to know to be a parent. And obviously at home you're a parent and in the room on the field you're a coach. But there, there's still an area where you kind of have to know when to back off. So. Yeah, great points, great points. So so when we talk to coaches, um, and responsible sports coaches, we often talk to them about helping kids become more successful, not just on the mat or on the field or in the pool, but actually um, more successful off the mat. And, and I'm curious sort of with life lessons, you know, which, which of your coaches, whether it was in high school or college um, or on the national team, have done the best job of teaching you life lessons that you feel like have helped you be a better person um, not just a better wrestler. Yeah, obviously, you know, my dad, he's the one who got me involved in wrestling and, and has always been with me, and and um, he he always steered me away from things that wouldn't help me, you know, that that would be bad for me, such as drinking or smoking or partying and, and, and all that stuff, you know. Kind of, it's okay to have a social life, but you have to have the right social life and not get involved in the wrong things. Um, him and my cousin Andy... Um, he, he's just like me, didn't drink, didn't smoke, party or any of that. So that really helped me a lot as far as life goes and, and, um, how, how to go about, you know, life situations. And, um, then when I got, um, to be coached by Kale, coach Kale Sanderson, um, he's the same way. And it just reminded me of my cousin and, and the way I am as far as outside of the wrestling room. And, you know, they've all taught me so much as far as, you know, how to approach life in general and, um, just to, you know, being humble and, and you know, and, and all that stuff that, that that really, they're small things, but they're, I think, real important as far as athletics go. Um, I've always seen it as there's no need to be cocky about, you know, things about, you know, putting your accolades out there. But, you know, there's times to be cocky and there's times not to be. And, um, you know, I think those those three have really helped me a lot. That's great. I want to ask you more about Kale, um, Kale Sanderson. I read in one article that you said you really feel like you owe him, and I'm curious if you can just sort of give us more detail about why you might have said that and um, about just the unique relationship you have with Kale Sanderson. Yeah, when I first met him on my recruiting trip at Iowa State, I immediately felt a connection, and, and I just knew that this is where I need to be. And he, luckily enough for me, um, his weight class was the same weight class I'd be wrestling, so I'd get a wrestle with him, and I got him, you know, fresh off of winning an Olympic gold medal. So, um, just being with him, wrestling with him every day, I tried to wrestle him every day that I could, even if I had to wait after practice to learn from him. Um, I knew I was going to take beatings, and that didn't really matter to me because I know I was going to get better. And um, just 
everything he's really done for me, not even from a wrestling aspect, just from a life aspect and just, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I consider him one of my brothers. I love the guy. And um, he's just, he's always been there for me. Whenever I need something, he's just, he's there and, and he'll do it for me. But um, just the level he's taken me in wrestling and, and every year and just, you know, every day really just bringing me up to another level, another level. And it's just, I, I just owe him a lot of it as far as, you know, I, I can't think of enough for everything he's done for me. And um, I wouldn't be where I am right now without him. I wouldn't have uh, won Olympic gold medal without having him by my side and, and guiding me. So, Can you um, reflect back back to the 2004 Olympics um, when you were actually watching him compete in the Olympics and how you feel like that experience of watching him, you know, provided inspiration for you in your own career? Yeah, um, obviously a lot of people knew who Kale was already, Coach Kale was, because he's a four-time NCAA champion undefeated and no one wanted to do it. Um, and I actually went and watched the 2003 World Championships in New York, and he was the one I really kept my eye on because I liked how he wrestled. And um, I saw him take second, and obviously I could tell he wasn't happy with that. So when he made the Olympic team and was going to wrestle in the Olympics, he's the one that I really wanted to see win it and I really wanted to you know watch his matches and you know unfortunately with how they do wrestling it's always towards the end you know it's always in the middle of the night so mm-hmm. when I found out he won and you know I, I, I try to stay up and I watch his match I think it, I don't know if it was a tape delay but it was just he's the one that I wanted to watch and wanted to win and um, he just did an awesome job and it was just a great feeling to watch that and, and I knew that I wanted to do that you know that's that's the level I wanted to get to so it was kind of a kind of a weird thing because at the time I didn't know where I was going to go wrestling in college, but um, you know, for me it it obviously worked out real well. Yeah. So so tell us now. You know, eight years later, um, now you have won a gold medal. Um, reflecting back on sort of the London Games, um, what was that experience like for you, being the one who was out there and actually completing it all and and doing in fact what Kale did back in '04. Yeah. I mean, obviously now it was my turn and and. Um, I brought him as my coach and training partner, and I, I, I told him, you know, I don't, you know, they, they asked me, you know, who I wanted or, you know, if we could get him in. I said, I don't care who else you bring. I, I, want, I need him in my corner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because he's coached me ever since I got to college. So um, having him there, just, just even looking over there and just seeing him, you know, just gets me pumped up to wrestle and knowing that he's got my back and he's going to fight for me and, and he wants me to win just as much as I do. And it's just, it's an awesome connection to have that um, in a coach, and um, you know he's the best—he's the best coach out there, in my opinion. And um, he's just—it's just a great feeling to know that um, I was able to have an Olympic champion in my corner when I won the Olympics. So it's—it's it's not something everybody gets to experience. Seeing that transition that he's made um, from a competitor to a coach, do you aspire to coach one day? Um, yeah, I, obviously, I'm, I'm going to stick in wrestling as as long as I can. Obviously, I love the sport, and, and I feel like I, I can help um, wrestlers achieve their goals and, and get to where they want to be, and um, and th- that's how most wrestlers should be. Um, but, yeah, I, I do want to coach. I'm not sure at what level yet. I'm going to stay at a higher level of wrestling and, um, and, and do that, but um, I, I do eventually want to get into coaching. That's great. When you're out there on the mat and, um, you know, especially in something as high profile as the Olympics, what sense of responsibility as a role model 
um, do you feel on your shoulders for all those kids and even sort of youth coaches who are watching you compete? Yeah, that, that, that's one of those things when you have to know when to be cocky and when not to be and, and kind of the level of cockiness you are and just the way you present yourself really. And you, you have to know in the back of your mind that, you know, a lot of people are watching you with every um, every move you make really when you're, when you're on the mat and just as far as just how you act. And um, you just have to be just very respectful, you know, not to a point where um, you're too respectful, but, you know, it's it's a tough sport and, and you, you know that you're a role model to somebody. you gotta you got to know that. So you, obviously you, you want these younger kids to see, you know, you, you win with integrity and you lose with integrity. And that's how sports go. So you can't have a bad attitude either way. you got to have a good attitude either way and you got to learn from it. Um, if you lose, you got to go in the back and, you, you spill your emotions in. You don't do it out on the mat. You take your losses like a man. But it's it's just little things like that that kids pay attention to, and um, you know, they, they that that's what I think is a uh, real important nowadays. So, I'm. It sounds like maybe you got some of that from your dad, but I'm curious, sort of where that composure came from, and then also if you think obviously it makes you a wonderful role model, but do you think that composure and sort of consistency actually? Um, contributes to your success and makes you a better wrestler. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, I-, I remember when I was a little little kid to start wrestling. I think my very first tournament, even um, I-, I lost a match, and I asked my dad if I could still take first place, and he said no. I said, well, I quit. And when I was crying and everything, like it, every little kid does when they lose, but I was so mad that I lost and that I couldn't win that it just I didn't like it. But it was my dad who said, no, you're gonna you're gonna keep going and you're gonna finish this tournament and if now, obviously, after this, if you don't like wrestling, you don't have to wrestle, but you're not just going to quit right now just because you lost. And that's the kind of thing after that, you know, I obviously was pretty successful as far as I won more than I lost, and and um, it just kind of drives you more. Once you get a taste of winning, you want to win more, and and, and every time you lose, it just it, it makes you that much more, it makes you hate it that much more where you figure out how not to lose. Right. You got the ways that you did lose, and then you fix them. And um, it's just it that that's what makes it fun. And um, and yeah, and having the, the composure like that, being able to walk off the mat, even if you lost. Hey, if I'm gonna get mad about it, you do it behind the scenes type thing. And um, and and then you got to regroup and come back and and finish the tournament. But I think that's one thing that really sticks in my mind is when my dad made me finish that tournament because I think that's why I'm still wrestling today and, and was able to move on and, and learn from it. So, How old were you in that tournament? Uh, I think I was either five or six years old. That's when I first started wrestling. And I mean, even at that age, I hated losing and was real competitive. And I didn't like it then, and I still don't like it now. So. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, so as part of the, um, our responsible sports parenting program, we talk to the parents about, you know, sort of their number one goal is making sure that their kids are safe, um, when they participate in sports. And I'm curious when it comes to wrestling, what do you think parents can do to best support their kids in, in your sport, um, to make sure that they have a healthy approach to wrestling? Yeah, obviously I think one big thing with wrestling is, is every, every parent, that is kind of skittish about putting their kid in wrestling is, well, they're just going to get hurt. I mean, you can really get hurt in any kind of sport that you do. Um, I think the big issue with wrestling is obviously nutrition. A lot of parents aren't, aren't informed about it with how you have to do it with wrestling. 
um, or just really aren't informed in general about nutrition um, for their kids on a daily basis. Because there there are a lot of kids out there who don't eat healthy, and um, you know, and it's hard to eat healthy with uh, everything we have available to us. But I think that's a that's a big issue right now in wrestling, especially at a at a young age. If you can teach a kid how to eat healthy, it helps with cutting weight because a lot of parents are real scared that their kids going to starve themselves or this or that or they're going to hurt themselves in that way and um, it can be pretty damaging you know in general and in life to a kid if uh, you know he's not healthy as far as a nutrition standpoint but I think that's something that needs people need to be informed about of at a young age I was fortunate enough my dad took care of my cutting weight growing up so I, I learned how to cut weight the proper way I learned how to eat the right foods and and keep keep the foods in me and everything that I needed so I think there needs to be more of that at a young age. What would you tell a parent if they felt like the coach was pressuring their son um, to, you know, to cut weight, to make a different weight class, and their son wasn't quite sure what to do? What would you instruct a parent to do in that kind of situation? Yeah, obviously that's something that the parent would need to talk about to the coach and, and express their feelings of if they don't think the kid needs to cut all that weight, then they shouldn't have to, and a, a coach should not have to, should not force a kid to do something like that. And um, I understand there's, you know, do for the team this and that, but if, if the kid cannot compete at a high level, cutting a lot of weight, then he shouldn't be doing it. Uh, my philosophy is everybody weighs in at the same weight, so it really doesn't matter how much weight you cut. If it was, you know, my choice, I whatever I weigh, I'll wrestle that weight type thing. But um, I think. It, just in general, in the United States, the way we were brought up is we think we have to cut a lot of weight to do better, which is not true. Everyone thinks, oh, well, i got to be bigger. Well, if you're cutting a lot of weight, you're kind of shrinking yourself up. It doesn't necessarily you're going to be bigger. You know, you have to feel good. You have to feel comfortable. You have to feel strong. And, and if you're doing it the wrong way, which a lot of kids do, and a lot of coaches don't even know any better as far as, you know, just don't drink, don't eat today, don't do this, don't do that, you know, those are the wrong ways to do it instead of how to help the kid do it. And obviously my advice to parents would be, you know, coach can't force the kid to do anything as far as cutting weight-wise and something that needs to be talked about. And obviously the kid should have the choice of um, whether he he can or can't make the weight. And you want to have it in a healthy aspect and the right way to do it. That's great. So I was was reading a piece in Sports Illustrated um, that mentioned your grandfather, who I believe is now about 95 years old, a former boxer in the Navy, and that he made it to London to watch you compete. And I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and what it was like during your time in London to have that kind of family support. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been there. All my matches, you know, big matches, big tournaments, um, I'm, you know, obviously lucky enough to have somebody that can travel at that age. Um, obviously, you know, my other grandfather didn't get to see as much of me to wrestle uh, like as he had, um, you know, medical issues throughout his life, and he ended up passing away right after uh, the World Cup, actually. So, But, he, you know, I know he was watching over me and helped me out as well, And but my grandfather is just, um, you know, he went to Denmark when I wrestled with the World Champions then he went to Istanbul when I wrestled in world championships then he went to all my NCAA tournaments any big matches I had in college but um you know I've always looked up to him and and you know spent a lot of time with him and 
and learned a lot from him because he he's a tough competitor. He's hard-headed. I'm a little hard-headed, and, um, you know, he just fight. I mean, being 95 years old and be able to fight, you know, all the way across the country, it's not easy to do. And, uh, you know, if he can do it or go out in the yard, he goes out in the yard all the time and works, you know, on 100-plus weather. And it's like, man, if he can do it, then I can do it. And, you know, I'm way younger than he is, and he makes it look easy. So it kind of, you know, helps step up my game to the next level as well. But, you know, he's I've always looked up to him and learned from him. You know, he's just a real simple guy and how he approaches life. And, you know, so it's just a real fortunate enough to have him in my life. That's wonderful. I, I just have one more question for you. Uh, when you think back on the 2012 Olympics, um, what's that one memory you're going to take away from the games and really sort of have it stand out for you uh, for the rest of your life from these Olympics? Um, obviously, you know, when you get that Olympic gold medal put around your neck, you hear that last whistle blowing, you know, that you want to get your hand raised, and you step on that stand, um, and then they play the national anthem, they raise your flag, play the national anthem. You know, you, you hear it a little differently. You know, it, it means something different. Um, it, you know, you went and competed for your country and, and won for your country, and, and um, it's just different meaning, and it's just something that's, you know, not everybody gets to really experience something like that. There's only a select few that do. Um, and it's, it was just a great feeling. And just being able to jump in my coach's arms afterwards, knowing that, you know, we, we accomplished what we came there to accomplish was just an awesome feeling as well. And I'll remember all those moments forever. So, You gave me goosebumps. Um, I, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time today to share with me and all of our responsible sports listeners And uh, I think your insights could really help a lot of the parents and the coaches and the student athletes that are going to be listening. So thank you so much. And congratulations again on the gold medal and representing our country so well in London. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on a mastery approach to youth sports that includes creating a commitment to learning, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.